This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to sink the slipper. Aussies, pull them up and pack on down for another blast of bludging on the blind side with the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky cod, H.G. Yes, TF much, Cedric Espen, Sump, I.O., torching the blindside blue paper once again. That's, yeah, you know, you can savour it. The power, the poke, the grunt... And the passion of the sam- uh, Sumpster there camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth at ABC Grandstand HQ. Remember the blindside is the home of the whole of hope. And today, this hope-filled nation is united as never before under the boot. We're at the end of October and the boot is still flying. It's a very big weekend for football and racing and our charity partners, the Blinkered Knights of Balaclava, will be on track serving the nation at all venues from the Cox at the Valley to the Granny at the Gabba. Their contribution to the 2020 Caravan of Hope and dedication to victims of the punt across the nation have made the Knights of Balaclava and their mission a household name in 127 countries around the world. That's a fact. That's a fact. Hollywood-bound tradies, uh, natural gases, job keepers, job seekers, welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side for the final time and another blast of boot in 2020. Aussie frackers, border-busting patriots, God talks to me, pilgrims and China watchers. H.G. Nelson opening the Blind Side dig for another set of seven. And... Uh, should I say, this is our annual special grand final Cox Plate edition of the Bludge. It's never happened before that we've had the boot and the bludge representing the Cox Plate as it is today. And the curtain comes down on another magnificent year of boot. The sun also sets, as I mentioned already, on bludging and blindside for another season. It's got a tear in the eye and a lump in the throat. And before we get started, can I thank you all for, yeah, that is bludges across the nation, for your support, participation and contributions to the show throughout the season. What a week. What an incredible week. A week of hope from start to finish. I mean, I woke up last Monday morning thinking hope and I went to bed. Well, I woke up this morning thinking hope. I went to bed last night thinking hope and other things, obviously. A week when too much sport is barely enough. Early in the week, overexcited racing officials suggested 500 mad Cox platers would be allowed on course for the big one today. Then, after a deep breath and a large one, sanity prevailed. And that idea was knocked on the head. It's back to to officials, jockeys and trainers only, my very good friends today. The AFL and the remaining grand final tickets sold out in 20 minutes. Such was the pent-up demand to clock the battle of the big cats at the Gabba tonight. The claws will come out for this cat fight. Wow! Uh, when G-Town cats tackle the Tiger Town Tigers. And I'm told there's a very active... Secondary market involved, I think that's how they term it these days, secondary market involved in grand final tickets. And a late addition to the pre-match star-studded lineup for the NRL, uh, you know, obviously Sunday at Homebush, where they're going to allow, I think, 50,000 in, is the Nathan Cleary Dancers. You may remember them. They thrilled us at the start of the season with their great COVID protocol-breaking TikTok work. Uh, it's a fabulous extra on the card to remind us all of where we've come from. 
we battle away through the season. Aussies, fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage for the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go, to get a go. If you've got something, then for God's sake, Australia, get back in the queue for another fling of the chocolate wheel of hope. Just ask. Ask. Now, Australians, to get the bludging on the blindside uh, barge away from the wharf for a final time in 2020, let's lock horns with a man who announced this week he is offering again his award-winning throw-a-leg-over summer school in December. This will be run at the Volandis Institute of the Horse based at Ridding King Lodge in Lithgow. If you are over 60, Australians, that is 66 uh, and want to retrain as a jockey in order to become part of the vibrant, labour-starved Australian racing community, this could be the chance of a lifetime. The Volanders Institute syllabus begins with the hobby horse and then moves on to the theatrical pantomime conveyance where you get a turn at both the front end and the back end. A lot of courses only allow you to do one, but the Volandis Institute allows you to do both, front and back. Having mastered the basics, qualified instructors then take students through every aspect of horse and horse racing and horse maintenance on a selected thoroughbreds, including in the lineup. This year is fantastic. Classic Legend will be there, Winks will be there, the Slug, Bludging Slug, and the Boom Sir Stool. They'll all be in attendance. And top jockeys, including the Woodis Boys, Fractious Bruce and Weed, will guide you through every, uh, you know, every bit of how to be a jockey. And the big addition to the course in 2020 is the Rooting King Seminar. The king himself, using horse morse, will lecture students on why jockeys leave me vacant. I mean, that's the bit that, I think that's the title of the autobiography, Why Jockeys Leave Me Vacant. Anyway, that's, uh, well, I should say that um, the um, the intensive will climax when Bruce McAvaney provides his special weekend of media training. Sure, taking a tumble from a runaway conveyance at 60 kilometres per hour is a hazard, but Roy is covering all insurance in, in the cost in the summer school fees, and once you've taken the flip-flop, take-the-drop practical, you'll have all your nosedive fears allayed. Graduates will be found 47 starts on exciting rural and regional courses, that is race courses, across the uh, summer, allowing all the students to put into practice what they've learnt in the intensive summer school in the Volandis Institute. The genius behind this incredible equine educational endeavour is rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blind side bunny in motion for the final time in 2020 simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Yes, thank you very, very, very much, HG uh, Nelson. A broken toilet, a low-rent Cartier watch, a big man... Government-sponsored tax advice and all documents destroyed in the Premier's office. What a bloody year. Eh? What a year. David Pocock retires. Yeah, very sad news. He just thinks the time is right. <laughs> and looking at the Wallabies last weekend, I think he's probably got the right idea. Now's the time. To, and thank you, David Pocock, for all you've given over the years. A wonderful ambassador for humanity as mm. much as rugby union. Yes, indeed. A In terrific fact, probably bloke. done more for humanity more than More for humanity than I mean, for rugby union. Nothing. Now, the All Blacks claim Australia no longer produces hard men. Whoa. Whoa that's a shot across the bow, isn't it? When's the next game? Well, look, I'm sure the regional rural Anzacs aren't going to take that message very well. And there is talk of the rural and regional Anzacs challenging the All Blacks. More on that later, <laughs> just before Christmas. 
Now, Bruce the Blue Heeler is the is named the official mascot of the New South Wales Blues. Have you seen this dog? I've seen a photograph of the dog. Mm-hmm. I haven't met the dog. There was a terrific photograph on the uh, New South Wales Rugby League website uh, of uh, Freddie Futler holding the seven-week-old pup. Hang on. Yeah, I know. Seven-week-old pup. Seven-week-old. Now, give me. This oh, is the mascot. But this they're the, playing Wednesday they're week. Playing Wednesday. I know. I know. No, no, it only makes be, no I, sense. Nine, Look, nine and a half fairness, weeks old. In all fairness, the photograph might have been taken months ago. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't say. But I wonder what happened to Bluey the dog. I know. Uh, we had Bluey the blue healer was, uh, might have been one of um, oh, Gus, Gould's. Gus Gould's wheezes yeah. a few years terrific, ago. Terrific, well, terrific dog. Terrific idea. Lovely yeah. dog. Nobody, yeah. we didn't sort of get to know the dog all that well. Now, can I ask, you broke a story during the week that yeah. this dog would be trained to take the tea out for the kids. That's my understanding, that the dog is going to get involved in the game. The dog's going to run out with the tea. You know, for, for both sides? For, no. <laughs> no. Goes near a maroon, they'd bite its head off, uh-huh, wouldn't they? They would. They would. Uh, anyway. Anyway, more, I look forward to see how the whole Bruce concept <laughs> develops. Could I suggest this might be the one and only time we talk about Bruce and we're never going to hear again <laughs> a word about it in the same way Bluey? Bluey blew in Bluey and blew, blew out. Bluey in and blew out. That was it. Now, could bad weather ruin both grand finals? Now, should postponement be an option? And I know it is being talked about this evening in Brisbane that there, there, there are thunderstorms. It may, not, it, may, it may be dangerous. It may be an occupational hazard to uh, go to walk on the gather this evening, in which case... Uh, the match I'm fully, uh, uh, as far as I, I know, it will be postponed until tomorrow. And if the weather doesn't improve, it will be played on Monday night. So just bear that in mind. Hang on, hang on. They can't, they'd have to play it during the day tomorrow, surely. Because no, they're, they're going to play it tomorrow night or Monday night or maybe Tuesday night, depending on the weather. <laughs> now, uh, Justice Hooney. Now, this is a name we're going to have to come to terms with. Justice Hooney becomes our new heavyweight boxing champion in his first professional bout. Now, this has never happened before. Uh, This kid, he's an aspiring boxer, obviously. He's big. He's fast. He's got terrific temperament. And he took apart Django Opalu. No easy beat. No easy beat. I mean, uh, Django. Speck of dynamite. I know. Django can fight. Mm. Anyway. And this bloke's won the heavyweight, heavyweight title, title in his first bout. In his bout. first bout. Unheard of. Mm. Unheard of. Mm. And he's looking forward to, uh, he's still qualified to uh, represent Australia in Japan during the Olympics. That's fantastic. Which is fantastic news for uh, fight fans. Hooney freaks and, uh, yeah, fight fans in general. Now, HG might have alluded to this, that is that scalping has emerged as an issue with only, I think it might have been 10,000 tickets that were released to the public for this evening or tomorrow night's or Monday night's or Tuesday night's grand final. Um, I have quite a few tickets that I'm prepared to sell if the price is right. And uh, I don't want to get into specifics here because it would be illegal. Yeah. Have, what have you heard, though? Are they selling for up to three or $4,000? Well, I'm hoping to get more than that. No, no, obviously yeah, it's yours. Yeah, 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 because yeah, you're yeah, pre-mo. Yeah, yeah, Tickets. Yeah, I, mean, they got yeah, a... I don't want to give too much away. No, I understand. Yeah, I don't, but, I'm not, but I'm not encouraging time. you to give anything I'm counting on market forces yeah. here. Supply and demand. Yeah, I don't want you to give anything away. economics, hey? I mean, you know. That's what we live under. That's what we live market under. Market you know, Ronnie Reagan. That's Josh it. Josh Frydenberg. The General Journal, the Ledger. 
It's as simple as that. Money in, money out. <laughs> now, the war between Channel 7 and Cricket Australia is still... It's, it's ongoing. A lot of people thought this war had finished. It's not. Now, ads are appearing for the cricket on Channel 7, but no deal has been struck. Now, when we last understood it, Channel 7 were prepared to pay Cricket Australia $450 million, uh, you know, for a number of years of covering the cricket. Then COVID arrives, understandably, the, uh, well, you know, people who do the uh, the accounting at Channel 7 decided, well, it's probably not going to be worth all that much, so we're only going to pay you $2,000. Now, Cricket Australia said, no, no we're not going to take $2,000, we want $450 million. <laughs> Oh, well, we're only offering you 2000 Well, you know, off it goes. Suddenly the ads are appearing with, uh, might have been with, with, with Mel and and, and with... Uh, Todd Woodbridge. With, with uh, Ricky Ponting. Ricky Ponting is signed to the seven Apparently cricket... so. Apparently so. Mm-hmm. And yet no deal is struck with Cricket Australia. I don't know where this is going to end up. No. Postponement, I In suggest. court. In court. Now, should uh, Sydney... Show Cam the respect is due. And well, not, this is a big story this and week. And not boo him. And not boo him. Because oh, no. traditionally whenever Cam runs out with the storm anywhere in Sydney, he gets booed. Yeah. You know, not the storm themselves. Well, they're just hated. But Cam in particular is earmarked for a particular type of boo. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's B-O-O-O-O very loudly and a lot of people do it just to get up his nose. Now, I I would prefer to see, I think... A guard of honour provided by the Australian Army for Cam. Right. To come out alone, then followed by the storm a little bit later on after the acknowledgement from the crowd. So Penrith run out, fine, beautiful, good to see you boys. Go your bet. Then Cam comes out alone mm-hmm. with the Army mm-hmm. marching beside him. And, and then he's then left alone. And people acknowledge, well done, Cam, good on you, mate. Fantastic work. Thank you, Cam. All ten of minutes? Well, maybe ten minutes, depending on how long. Yeah, know, no, no, the applause It's, a, it's up it, to I mean. the, uh, really, to, to the referee to determine how mm-hmm. long this pause mm-hmm. for Cam goes for. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the storm come out. They form little huddles and then tweet, off we go. go. Now, that would be, that, that's as I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. I'm is Melanders on board with that? Melanders is definitely on board did with this idea. Did you have to idea. drag him kicking and screaming? I did. I did. He didn't want to do and it. It was did. very hard to get the army involved, but the army is involved. It was very hard to, uh, you know, well, I think they're coming up from Kapuka. Driving up? Driving up in Are a they? bus. Yes. In a bus. Then they'll get out of the bus, form their queues, Hop back on the bus and listen to the match on their way home back to Kapuka. And how many are we thinking here? 250? Oh, at least. I think there are four buses involved, four. actually, so I think we've got about uh, 300. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, 300. And will they be armed? They will be fully armed. Fully armed. Fully armed, including bayonets. Make of that what you will. An app that monitors all graded AFL and rugby league players? It's here. Stay in touch, stay safe. Download the Bludging app and enjoy peace of mind. And 
just before we come to the show itself, uh, look, two people have helped us all the way through 2020 and have uh, checked our temperatures every time we've come into the studio. Ronell and Dave have made it possible to do the show, and I'd like to thank them on behalf of myself and Roy for all their sterling efforts during the year. And the other thing was to acknowledge the passing of Paul Murphy, the voice of authority connected uh, largely with other programs that we made for the ABC, uh, This Sporting Life in particular, where he read for many years the South Coast News and very sad loss. Uh, We loved the idea that we could persuade somebody from the number one news station uh, or the news program, PM, to come across and read rubbish uh, on the uh, youth network, as was known then, and be part of this sporting life. It's a big loss, and he was a great colleague. Yes, he was. He was. And probably the finest political interviewer we've ever had. Brilliant. 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 Now, let's get on with the show. And, uh, look, can I just say... uh, I am worried about a number of things with this, but let's start on a cheerier note. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, there was a virtual uh, cox plate constructed. Now, this was constructed by a betting agency. It was called the greatest cox plate of all time. Oh, dear. Matt Hill called it. Yes. And there were a lot of horses in it, including Farlap, So You Think, ah. Might and Power, Kingston Town, and when they came round and hit the post, it, it was animated, of course, as yeah. you can do these days. I just included this for you, especially, yeah. Roy. Yeah. Frankel won over Secretariat. Now, ne- neither of these horses ever raced in the Cox Plate, no. but that is a May. Uh. They're just there. Winks came third in a nod to the Australian. Ooh, okay. And guess who came fourth? Rooting King. <laughs> If only, no. Second up to Rooting King, your favourite horse who comes Big for Lou. No. Uh, Wind it back a bit. Oh. Who always used to get caught fourth? Oh, Tullock. Yes. Tullock yes. boxed in for fourth again. Yes. yes. Hard to imagine, isn't it? Wow. I know. They got that right. I know. <laughs> That's right. So Frankel won. Frankel won. I reckon Secretary. Frankel was rubbish. I, yeah. I mean, Winks was much better than Frankel. Yeah. And, and oh, what about Black Caviar? Well, Black Caviar didn't get a look in. And can I say that the omission of Rooting King from that lineup yeah. makes me question its whole validity. Well, I, it's just rubbish as far as I'm concerned. It's just entertainment, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, it's Sadly, not real. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think you could get a bet on. Now, that story that, that we broke some mm-hmm. time ago about moving the pitch or a slab of the MCG up to the Gabba. Yes. Uh, I mean, that really did cheapen this whole event. Mm. I don't mean to say it wasn't a good idea, but they took it from a part of the MCG and put it on the boundary line at the uh, Gabba. Well, it's it's simply symbolic. That's all, I see. Symbolic. I've got to say is that um, Mm. uh, this is where I got Because it's hallowed turf. Yeah. Hallowed. We've got to understand what we mean by hallowed. Mm -hmm. Is the Don's concrete pitch hallowed turf? Of course it's Hallowed. Hallowed. You know, far laps float. Yeah, float. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Mm. That's been the great disappointment of the year if I had one. Mm. Finding the rug in the Gundagai Museum was great. Yes. Not being able to locate, the, well, and the Don's pitch was an added bonus. Yeah. But then not being able to locate the far laps float. I, I feel as though I failed. Yeah, I do too. Now, I feel as if Australia's bloody let Australia down. down. Yeah. <laughs> The MCG manager, Michael Salvatore, hoped relocating a piece of the, as you point out, hallowed turf Mm. to the Gabba for Saturday night's AFL grand final might give the players a little boost. Now, can I say it's a desperate (laughs) team that's... Give the players a boost. What does that mean? it's up to the coach to point it out to them because the players are probably totally unaware of it. Oh, Blake, by the way, when you run out, you'll be... be Treading on a little bit of hallowed turf on your way out. Yeah, that's right. Don't oh, trip. will we? Yeah. Yeah, it's hallowed. Where's it from? What? Where's this from the MCG? Oh, really? 
oh, man, that's great. Now. I'm going to really play hard. Much harder than I would yeah. have. Yeah. Now. I'll play for the turf. Now, this, what's weird is now the uh, Gabber is being suggested it's had too much footy action that it won't be ready for cricket. Oh, dear. And uh, I think this is going to produce a lot of... Oh, weird un- results coming out of the Sheffield Shield. Is and that what you unsavory mean? comments all round. Yeah, right. What, uh, ball keeping low or yeah, jack it up that. off a length? <laughs> That's right. Or the key won't be able to be inserted anymore. <laughs> what I'd like to see is could mm. they maybe do something with the centre strip and relay the whole of the centre square yeah. with MCG turf? I mean, I'd know... This would be a dream oh, come true. about that. That's then, a possibility, isn't it? Well, yeah, you know, you get the hallowed turf from one place. Yeah. Then it'd become the hallowed turf in another place. Yeah. Or just to, just because this year's weird, put down a concrete pitch. Now you're talking. What do you think? Now you're talking. Would just, that be, just cover it with mats. Would that be a lost art, laying a concrete pitch? Would uh, we have to go to the internet and... Well, uh, just out? to trip to barrel for people to get their, you know, see, get a fundamental understanding of what it is... You know, oh, I see, yeah. How deep is it? Well, it's easy to find out. It's probably about, old speak, eight inches thick. Right. That'd be a good bed. Yeah. You'd get some lift off that. Oh, you would. Mm. Anyway. Now, coming to the thing that you raised just a little while ago, which was the how we should relate to the storm. Mm. Uh, can I branch it out from, uh, I mean, how Australia should rate, relate to the storm coming mm. to the granny. This is the, the Melbourne Watusi, storm. The Melbourne storm, the yeah. big Watusi at yeah. Homebush. Yeah. Now, um, the storm have some baggage in Sydney because they're obviously uh, described in Sydney mainly as the purple wrestling cult. I hadn't come across this term for them. Nor but me. No, the purple wrestling cult. Right. And uh, then uh, a lovely article by, I think, James Hooper on one of the Fox Sports outlet mm. on 25 reasons why they hate it. Re- 25? <laughs> Only 25. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they go back to the salary. What's number one? Salary cap cheating. Salary cap cheating, yeah, well, there then was that. Then they go, still claiming no one knew about the rorts apart from the fall guy, ex-AFL club CEO, Brian Waldron, which is... Oh, probably, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. The illegi- illegitimate proven summons premiership trophy still on display in the club foyer. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Two sets of books. True, that's true, Yeah. G.I.'s boat, this is a bit arcane, but do you remember oh. I think he got paid in a boat instead of yeah, considering yeah. a salary cap breach. That's right, there was that, yeah. Bringing wrestling into rugby courtesy of jiu-jitsu coach John Donoghue. That's right. Yeah, now, they did that. That's then, true. Then, of course, they, they list some of these. The original grapple tackle, the chicken yep. wing, the rolling pin, the crusher. Yeah. Did they the, do the cannonball? The wing nut, the, the cannonball, that's one left off. The, yeah, the TikTok. The, the hip drop. Oh, the hip drop, that's, yeah, that's theirs too. Yeah. yeah, oh, God, yeah. Uh, we're up to mate. 13 already because it's They're uh, creative, aren't they? They are. They are. <laughs> You've got to take your hat off to them in that regard. You've got to give them that you know. because it's always Sydney agenda. Whenever whenever anyone dares to express an opinion about the Storm's grubby tactics, that's mm. what they say, yeah. that's Sydney's agenda. Yeah. As oh. I will say the other night, if uh, Cam gets booed, yeah. I say, oh, it's just Sydney's agenda. Yeah, okay. hey. yeah. mm. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. for claiming Manly pioneered the wrestle complete with a photograph of Sea Eagles on a, row with, on a roll with wrestling coach dug up from the 1990s and the note, please, mm-hmm. going a bit too far, obviously. Referee Cameron. That's oh, yeah, right. Cam yeah. refs, yeah. yeah but Cameron. I think the refs appreciate that. It's a separate they, issue, but, yeah, it does get up people's noses. Yeah. Well, it, it just gets up. He, I mean, yeah. a hooker wearing a whistle. I mean, it's a it's, weird look. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the difficulty was wouldn't be a, you know, bad enough to just dangle around the neck, but he blows it he all blows the time. He blows it all the time. And points. Yeah. And sometimes sends people off. He does, he does, he does. And and usually the decisions, you know, go with the storm. 
That, that's the only thing I'd say about Cam's referee. It's a bit It's a bit one-sided. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. you can't and, blame the bloke. Yeah. And I've never seen him send a storm player off. No, never. <laughs> never once, and that's a fact. <laughs> now, then the uh, Smith's testimonial, at least three seasons before he retired. Mm, that's, wow, that's true. Yeah. I remember a big thing mm. at the time, and then I lost, they had a match or something, didn't they? I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, Then yeah. Smith's never-ending Johnny Farnham-style farewell tour. Well, that's a bit harsh on Johnny Farnham, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's done as many Yeah, but in all fairness, there. Johnny Farnham retired a couple of times and then came back. Cam's never retired. <laughs> true, Dad. Never. Uh, they complain about the ring given to the missus. Oh, Barb's ring, yeah. Barb's ring, yeah. yeah. But I'm, sh- you know, but, the, but if you have a look at what's happening with, with the post office, <laughs> suddenly Barb's ring seems inconsequential. Cheap, cheap. <laughs> and yeah, cheap. That's right, cheap. Yeah. How dare a rugby league side only cop up that little when yeah. they look at the post office? And no. Uh, no suggestion of a watch. Oh, maybe. Oh, Wouldn't mate, that be it's great? It's not too late for Volandis to go out and get a nice watch for Barb to I present think. tomorrow night. That would be fantastic. People would love that, that if Cam's there and he's won and he's man of the match and all of that yeah. and he's about to announce his retirement and Barb comes out and she's flashing a lovely oh, no, watch. Yeah. something or other. You know, waterproof to the depth of yep. 50 metres. That's, that's right. what People would love that. <laughs> for ostracising, this is a bit harsh, for ostracising club, club legend Cooper Cronk for daring to leave the Purple Gold. Remember Cronk, he went yeah, up to Yeah, he went Roosters. to East, yeah. yeah. He might, have, he might have won a flag there too. He did. I think he did. Mm. Anyway. No, and they had to hide him out on the wing because he had a broken shoulder, remember? Correct. Correct. He still directed what traffic. What a hero. Ro- yeah. <laughs> robbing Nathan March of uh, Hindmarsh, Nathan mm. Hindmarsh, of his grand final ring in 2009. Well, that's a bit oh, harsh as well. Oh, you can't blame him for that. You no. can't blame him for winning, even though they cheated. Uh, <laughs> well, they had Cam Smith refereeing. Yeah. Because like the whack job religious cult, Scientology, anyone who doesn't worship at the storm altar is immediately excommunicated for life. I didn't realise it was that bad. Whoa. Are they a cult, the storm? Yeah. Well, not big cult. They got Molly Meldrum in it. Yeah. That's about all. Mm. And that's enough. That passes yeah. for a cult in my book, having okay. Molly Meldrum in it. Yeah. Because most uh, Victorians still refer to rugby league as rugby, but they hardly blame me for that. No. Uh, now, uh, pioneering Billy Slade has now banned Bend It Like David Beckham Slide Tackle to Save a Try. I can remember oh, this. This yeah. is a bit arcane too because yeah. – you know, obviously, rugby league details. Yeah, but he didn't pioneer that. I, I want to no. say Matthew Ridge pioneered that. Yeah, he just brought it back. He just brought it back, yeah. And because even if you do worship at the Storm Altar, the only yarns you're allowed to tell are stories which paint Melbourne as the greatest sporting organisation in history. Oh, okay. Well, I, I just refuse to talk to people like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to be unkind. I just refuse to talk to people like that. Yeah. It is quite an extensive list, though, isn't it? It is. Which ones of those do worry you the most? Mm. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, that's all right. Look, I, I just think people are jealous of the Storm's success. And that that's they are all. a cult. And they are a cult and uh, they have uh, brought some innovations to rugby league that probably rugby league didn't need and it probably changed the game in many, many ways. Uh, and now it's up to rugby league historians. Yes, you know, to debate To, to debate whether you know, the Storm have been good or bad now, for the code in the end. One thing I'd like to... But you've to, got to respect them. You've got to respect yeah. what they do. They take yeah. it very seriously. They're very yeah. professional. They always yeah. turn up. They always have the right number of players on the paddock. You know, all of those things, all of those details, you know, every T is crossed, every I is dotted, more mm-hmm. so than most other clubs. That's right. Now, the hip drop, yeah. uh, which is a very dangerous tackle, yes. do you think we'll be seeing that tomorrow night? 
Well, I'm sure we will. Yeah, they, they, they'll try it on. They'll yeah. try anything. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Storm walk out there with uh, automatic weapons. <laughs> now, it's up to the rugby league to say, oh, hang on. Hang on, that's against the... Oh, oh, oh okay, I mean, fair enough. We didn't yeah, know. No. We'll take COVID twenty twenty, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Right, well, we'll Landers, put we have our dragon. arms back on the bus. Yeah, okay, okay fair enough. <laughs> now, one you thing know. I'd like to see also or is bayonets, or you know, a pocket knife, or a, the or army will be there. Yeah, the army they will be there. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, and then you can't blame the storm if they do say to the army blokes they're passing by. Oh, listen, that bayonet, you using it? <laughs> I might take it. I might take it out with me. One thing I'd like to see as they come up and get their footy cards at the end of the game, 2020 footy cards. Now, one thing I'd like to see is Storm, mm. sorry, is uh, obviously uh, Cam, yeah. hand over the Storm refereeing whistle to the next person in line who's going to become uh, the next uh, Storm referee. Maybe Cameron Munster. Oh, now you're That's talking. That's a perfect fit, isn't or it? Papa Hazen. Yes. Although Munster's yeah. more involved yeah, in the no, action. I agree, I agree, I agree. A bit hard for Pappy yeah. to referee from yeah, fullback position. Away. Yeah, 100 metres away. Yeah. The calls will be a little bit dewy, yeah. especially the forward passes he calls. <laughs> Australians, rugby league crime is at pandemic proportions. Referees and officials can't see everything, but together we can. If you see rugby league crime, then as an Australian, do your duty and report it to Bludging on the Blind Side. Text us on 0467 920 222. And, of course, this disturbing news that the AFL grand final could be postponed, I mean... Because of weather. Yeah. Now, is this something... Well, we don't want any of the players struck by lightning. I've seen that and it's not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not good. <laughs> you know, sometimes they do recover, but sometimes they don't. They never play the same again. They're never though. the no, same again. No, no, it's a bit as though something came out of them with yeah. the lightning strike. Now, are you worried that uh, this plays right into the murderer's hands? I mean, you think that once he's buggered the competition for the last how many ever oh, weeks we've been yeah, playing it, yeah. then we come to the problem of, uh, you know, he's killing off all the competitions. Yeah. He's starting to kill the grounds by digging them up and moving them he around is. Australia. He is. And they've got that he's venue He's destroyed uh, the Sheffield Shield as a result of that action. <laughs> that's as a well. That's right, a yeah. sort of knock-on effect. Yeah. Um, and also playing it at the Gabba at night is going to affect everything. Everything. And the future. balls will be coming and out the of the dark. The lights yeah. aren't designed for to footy. cover AFL. Yeah. The, they're designed for cricket. Uh, so we could see handling errors. It could be could be horrible. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the murderer's ambition surely would be for the game to be permanently postponed. Oh, no, no, no. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's absolutely So we get to Christmas and he says, oh, well, no, we Let's, Let's wait till January. Yeah, Australia Day. I'm sure the weather will be better on Australia Day, the grand final. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. Now, can I back up a bit because I'm sure we'll get to talk about the AFL again in a, in a mm. couple of minutes. Mm. You know when you got your degree from Idaho University and in, uh, you know, obviously COVID protocols and so on and you were uh, appointed in secret mm. to look after the rugby league, did you think, and obviously by, you know, you know association yes. of the AFL, yeah. did you think we'd get this far? Did you, in your heart of hearts? I had my doubts. Yeah. I had my doubts that we could maintain the discipline, but the players have maintained the discipline. Sure, there have been a few breakouts, you know, the kebab two, that sort of stuff. Hollywood Dream Girls. Hollywood Dream Girls. And Benny going for lunch. And the TikTok dancers. A few. Yeah. 
but only a handful, HG. And, and were there any moments when you thought, oh, no, this is all too much? There uh, was. A couple of players balked at the, cons- the, the, the constant having to use the, the sanitizer bath. bath. That, mm. that, that was a big issue. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody just duck out the street, go down the street to, you know, get a, a Kit Kat or something like that or a packet of chips and come back and they didn't think they'd have to go back into the sanitizer bath again, but they did. Yeah. <laughs> and this wore them wore them out. Wore them down. Yeah. Wore them down. Now, you know in all the moments, you know, like I, I – and I can't listen more because there have been so many, the lads going to dream, the Hollywood Dream Girls and then off to the kebab shop and yes. Terry Lamb turning up and, uh, you oh, know, breaking right. protocol. Remember Nathan yeah. Buckley shook hands with uh, oh, a, a right. fan and then he went off to play tennis with the, with the head of uh, fitness or whatever it that's was right. uh, against Alicia Mollick or, you know, some heavy hitter like that. Sure. Anyway, did you think – yeah. They'll come down on us like a ton of bricks or mm. no, it'll all be okay because this isn't bad enough. I'm not sure exactly what bad enough would yeah, be, but this yeah, isn't bad yeah. enough. Look, look, always, HG, I, I always retreat to the concept of the Australian character. Uh-huh. Always. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I would often say to the players, look at yourselves, look around you, what do you see? And they say, some would say, you know, oh, oh, I can see a wall. Yeah, good. What else can you see? And then somebody said, I, I, I see Australians here, Roy. And when the players started say, saying that to me, I knew we'd reached a breakthrough. Right, right. Yeah, they you were know, collectively. They were collectively seeing themselves as Aussie heroes who were doing the right thing by themselves, by their team, by their family, by their code and by their country. Now, and, and I would often say to them, boys, men, you can't ask more of yourself than that. No, no. Do you remember you, that? You blokes are heroes is what I'd often say to them as I got right. out of the sanitizer bath. Did you use the word Anzac sometimes? Sometimes I did. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. And now, it surprised me the number of players who'd never heard of Anzacs. <laughs> they knew of the biscuit. <laughs> but they they loved it. But they, and loved them, yeah. yeah. But wondered why they couldn't get them all the time. Yeah. And I had to say, well, it's on Anzac Day. You usually have a biscuit like that. And, and they we, said, well, what's Anzac Day? When? That's when we got a conversation going. Exactly. And, and they realised that they too were just like the Anzacs. You know, Doing something for their country. Loved a biz- biscuit and, you know. Were you worried about in the hubs that, uh, you know, you know, food parcels from home, mm. uh, you know, obviously with the Anzac biscuits in them, could break COVID protocols? I was worried about that, mm. yeah. But you, we, we would – biscuits would come all the time and mm. other bits and pieces, mm-hmm. but they had to go into the sanitizer bath, mm-hmm. then be hosed off and dried, then consumed. The AFL opera A Murderer Calls. Four quarters of blood, mayhem, death, sloop-pointing north action and getting the hard ones on the turn previews this October across Australia. Sponsored by Bludging on the Blind Side. You know, while you were talking there, I was thinking of that scene in Dirty Dozen. You'll never mm. remember this mm. when uh, the uh, whoever it is in charge of the Dirty Dozen yeah. persuades them all to, you know, obviously um, shave in cold water. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but they could. They when Clint Walker oh, yeah. stepped forward, they knew they'd solved the problem of bonding. Yeah, because he'd been shaving in cold water all his life. All his life, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. It's a special skill, that isn't it? Cold water shaving. Mm. Now, uh, so what will happen? Do you think, or when will the match be called off? You, you've got a fairly 
given that you've been following his crime all year, yeah. you've got a fairly well. Idea. He'll have a. I'd say he'd have a, an open line with the Bureau of Meteorology, mm-hmm. and he will have access to the radar. Mm-hmm. He can see when the storms coming in and how bad they are. Now, okay. based on that intelligence, he'd probably have uh, some military assistance as well who can say to him, well, we're sure this cell here, this storm cell here will bypass the GABA yeah. or it's, it's going coming really... directly at yeah. the GABA. Yeah. Let's cancel the game. Can I ask, let's say they get underway yep. and the storm's hit. Yeah. See, you've, you're well, still... Well, heads will roll if that happens. Yeah. You know, it only takes one player to get struck by lightning. Yeah. And we've got trouble here. Yeah. You know, lawyers involved. I know. No, 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 there'd be fallout. Okay, health and safety. Yeah, all of that. And all then we've got the crowd. So yeah. the crowd, a lot of people will have made, and I know I know this personally, that a lot of people have made the effort to yeah. fly to Darwin and then fly into Brisbane. They have. From G-Town. Yes. And, you know, I know some people, Cats fans from Adelaide have they done will, that. And many of them will have umbrellas. And those umbrellas will again it? become lightning a problem. Rods. Yes, yeah. Yeah. lightning now, rods. But then do they get refund on the ticket to come mm. in or do they have to then book another night of accommodation? Yeah. So they can be there for Sunday night and hope they, somebody acknowledges that their ticket for I last assume, night was I assume, look, look, I don't know, I haven't dis- discussed this with the Palaszczuk government, issue, but I assume that once you are in the Gabba there ready for the game tonight, if the game is postponed, you stay in your seat for the 24 hours <laughs> till the following night, if you see what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And then other arrangements I, would be made if the further postponement will happen. You know, I, know, I think people will accept 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't discussed it with the government, but you've, you actually discussed that idea with anybody <laughs> apart from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a look, great idea. Look, I, look, I, I'm just surmising can here. I, can I'm I just surmising out? what the advice would be to the yeah. Palaszczuk government because you can't have, you know, up to, what, 10,000 people roaming just around. roaming around the street. You can't have that. No, you can't. It's not on. It's not on. Yeah, they're not going to be able to fly back to Darwin. Yeah, then back to Melbourne It's not going to happen. Logistically, mm. it's not going to happen. i tell you what, it'd be great. Unless the Air Force gets involved, and i tell you now, for a fact, they won't. Now, can I ask, ground announcements... Obviously, at the Gabba, should the worst happen, be fascinating ground announcement because they'd have to say, let's say... Ladies and gentlemen, stay in your seats for the next 24 hours. The award-winning Eddie Maguire webinar. How to stay relevant during a pandemic when no one can go to the footy. Now available wherever you get your Bludging on the Blind Side podcast. And, uh, Roy, look, the news is rapidly approaching, but the... Uh... On the text, Andrew is asking, HG, what happens if the game tonight is delayed for 24 hours and then the scores are level? Is the Queensland government prepared to have spectators sitting in their seats for a whole week? I think they would be. Yeah, obviously they would be. I, I think they no would. no doubt about that. They're yeah. just, they've, they've been no, very no, they're generous. they line in the sand. The Queensland government have been very generous. They have. They've bent over backwards to make to, this happen. Yeah, they have. And, they, yeah. sure, and people have just got to respect that and respect, respect the rules. Respect. That's right. That's what, it's, that's what it requires. We're going to respect, mm-hmm. you know, the storm and Cam blowing yes. the whistle at the homebush tomorrow night. Yep. And we're going to expect, if, if we're there, still there, Sunday night, Monday night. So be it. Yeah, it's respect. Football. Yeah. The uh, grand final entertainment of both venues. I mean, I just hope they can get that away. Even if the game at the oh, is if the game is postponed, people yeah. have got to be entertained, and it's a great opportunity for you know people who like to busk and entertain 
to just turn up to the Gabba tonight on the off chance the game's cancelled and you've got a, you know, an audience there for 24 hours. Well, you see, exactly. I'd love to see if Amy Shark was there. I know she's doing the NRL. Uh-huh. I mean, if the NRL went wobbly in terms of the uh, rain, yeah. then she could sing a whole set. Ah. You know. Yes. Expand it out. Yeah. Anyway, a- more. And then repeat it. <laughs> The 2020 Olympic Games are now the 2021 agenda. This change of date is the greatest Olympic challenge ever. If anyone can pull it off, it'll be the awesome foursome of John Coates, Lord Gosper, Bruce McAvaney and Dick Pound. The Olympics could not be in safer hands than these four bludgers on the blind side. Yes, uh, welcome back. The uh, the big news is, uh, if you want to get involved with the show, the text number is 0467 920 That's 0467 or uh, Roy at abc.net.au. And the following have, Roy. Uh, yes, this has uh, come from uh, Kenno. Oh, Kenno, yeah, regular correspondent. Yes, he says, rugby league historians love to argue over who are the greatest players that have graced our wonderful game. Uh, who should be immortal, who is the GOAT, etc. Uh, but this limited vision overlooks one of the game's greatest ever players and who to this day is still considered to be the best rugby league player France has ever produced. Oh. The legendary Puy Gilbert. Yes, well... Now, Wikipedia, uh, he's quoting here about Puig. Uh, Puig made his international rugby league debut for the French national side at fullback during the 1944 season while on tour in Great Britain. Hang on, 44, the war was still on. Yeah. Yeah, but they still had... Uh, rugby league. Rugby league. Test matches. Oh, God, yes. Yes, I mean, sure. You forget that. That's the unforgotten. That's the forgotten story of the war, how rugby league kept going. Uh, he immediately achieved a cult following and status among rugby league fans and the sporting public for his unorthodox and unpredictable play, coupled with his lax attitude towards defence, often saying it was not the fullback's job to tackle other times claiming he was punishing fellow players for missing a tackle before him and his odd on-field antics, such as often playing while smoking at the same time. Yeah, I remember that. That was a great... That was a great wheeze, yeah. wasn't it, that he would uh, often roll. He'd go out with a, with a bit of tobacco in his pocket and some uh, papers and mm. he'd often roll a couple of cigarettes. While still while, while, making yards while up. making the, yards up, up yeah. Because he'd catch the ball in one hand and yeah. roll with, with the, the other, other. Mm. and then, and then light up. On, on the try often, Yeah, with a panel. Went, yeah, yeah, as he goes over the try. Yeah. Um, now, Puig, uh, I think he toured Australia, HG, at one stage in the 50s with a French touring side and uh, brought those skills. I know he played at Lithgow against the Group 10 and that's where he famously took out the uh, bedwood bed, chair, bed chair yes. so that he could sit down to feed the scrum. How old would he have been then, though, oh, 44, he'd, he'd been 20 his, years later? Yeah, he'd be in his, his 50s probably. 50s, bit yeah. bit like Cam, you know? Yeah, yeah. bit like Cam. Did he referee while he played? Uh, apparently he did a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah how'd you see it, Puig? Now, interesting to hear your discussion regarding the We of the North clothing line last week, which segued tightly into the story of about Charlie Staines from Penrith. This is Paul from Morpeth getting in touch with this HG. Got me wondering if this four-try hero uh, is considering a line of men's burlesque underwear rather than uh, thinking you look weird in some We of the War- North gear. I, for one, would love to make it well known that I'm wearing my Staines. That's a lovely idea, and I think the story's... 
crossed over a little <clears> bit from <throat> the, I want to say Dylan Brown, is it, from the yes. Parramatta. Yes. The Parramatta. Eels. Uh, Eels. Yeah. And somehow crossed over to Stain's place for Penrith. That's right. So there's nothing wrong with that nothing idea. Nothing wrong with that idea yeah. at yeah, all. They can move anywhere. Yes. Now, we, the, you know, we the North, I think, is the Parramatta connection. Yeah, it connection, is. It is. But the Stain is definitely in the, uh, in mm. the uh, what would I call it, the focus this uh, tomorrow evening. Yes. Now, Chris has been in touch. He said, gentlemen, I'd like to remind you of a topic you delved into a couple of weeks ago regarding the rugby league underpants. This is not only reminding me that I'm desperately in need of a new, uh, few new packs myself. Uh, but I want to pay tribute to some of the game's past greats. I'm sure any wife or girlfriend would be delighted to be greeted by a smiling backdoor Benny Elias print on the back passage of your underpants as you dropped your trousers after a hard day's work or imagine the John Hopawati underpant with an entry point at the front and the back. No, they're brilliant contributions. They've really thought it through, haven't they? They have. They have. Uh, let's face it, rugby league, there's no limit to what rugby league players can do. Yeah, that's true. Now, uh, Cameron's been in touch. Cameron from Beecroft, not I Cameron have. from Melbourne. Recently, my work took me to a house in the Concord area, he oh, says. Oh, yeah, a house in the Concord, yeah. I can the house in that. question was across the road from a large football oval. I was very excited to see some of the footballers training on the oval in question as I spied them out of the corner of my eye. Who do you see? Once I had finished with my client, I very nervously made my way across to the ground, hoping against hope that the rural and regional Anzacs would be training there. Yes. And I'd be able to spend the afternoon watching and encouraging them. Yes. You can imagine my disappointment when I made it across the street only to find the West's Tigers oh, training. Oh, yeah, I know. This is a... I left disappointed. This gets up my goat, the role of the West Tigers now with the uh, confusion mm. of Concord. Yeah. And the, the, people remember it as a rugby union. It's stronghold. Ground, stronghold and, of course, you know, the rural rules exit. Yes. Uh, like all Australians, I'm inspired by the spirit of hope that Roy has recently experienced at his local bank. Well, I have. Uh, with the poker machine at the back for me and stuff, yeah. yeah. Right. I, I think the willingness to support Australians by suspending the need for documentation during these times sets an outstanding example and it's got me wondering whether it could be applied elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'd all like to see Sonny Bill extend his rugby league career and today's no-doc environment could provide a way. I believe that we should consider a no-doc state of origin. Ah, yeah. Who's to say SBW isn't a Queenslander? And if he's not... Does it matter? Have no other players to, uh, have other players had to prove their origin? I don't think so. Have we seen Cam Smith's birth certificate? I don't think so. Fair point, isn't it? Yeah, I know that's excellent in this low dock environment. I take your point. Yes. Uh, there have been some big blues about origin, uh, you know, what would I call it? Oh, well, there's been scamming going on. Remember G.I. played, his first, played, played for New South Wales as yeah. a kid, but I oh, know, decided he wanted to play for the Maroons. Uh. You know, it's a state of mind, isn't it's it? A state of mind, exactly. That's perfectly put. A state of mind. It's a state of mind. Now, perhaps as a curtain raiser to the forthcoming State of Origin series, a match could be played featuring players who are off contract this year and looking for a club versus players who spend more than half the season sitting on the bench. Novel. Novel. This Is this serve... a curtain raiser? Yeah. This would serve two purposes. Bench players could display their talents in the hope of getting more paddock time next season and off-contract players could demonstrate that they're not over the hill. Man of the match could be awarded the golden blanket in deference to quintessentially the perennial bench warmer, Scott Gale. 
That's going back a bit, isn't it? Certainly is. Yeah, as uh, another in- innovation, it could be an 11 aside match, as this would plug into the lucrative global 11 market. Kentucky Fried would make a tight fit as principal sponsor. Thought it through. I know. Everything. Every angle covered. And I'd just like to add, HG, just just finally, to thank all the people who've gone to the trouble of uh, emailing us over the uh, over the season. It's, it's been a wonderful sort of remarkable, contribution. Remarkable and, and steady. Steady. Yes. You know, it wasn't any uh, week where we went to the, um, you know, the Mojo Wire and found yeah. found it wanting. Yeah. No, lived up to expectations. Lived up to the big raps. The yep. big raps. Yep. Yep. Look, we'll take a short break and be back with more bludging in a moment. How does the murderer get away with it? The bludge is calling for a royal commission. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Uh, the Cox Plate is on uh, this afternoon. Uh, it's an action-packed day of uh, sport, or action-packed weekend, really, of sport. Um, <clears throat> just before I go on, I must make mention that the curtain raiser tomorrow night, speaking of curtain raisers, and we were just briefly, yeah. is the women's NRL final. Oh, yes. Between <clears throat> the Broncos. Yeah, and, and Easts, I think. And Easts. And what oh. a, this is a story because the I think the women's Broncos team, who have just played their pants off this year compared with the blokes, oh. uh, are going for their third premiership in a row. A they three are. Beat. And they're wanting underdog status. Yeah, I know. It's a bit Which risky. has got right up the nose of the uh, Roosters. Yeah, uh, but the Roosters, of course, uh, are, I think they're slightly favoured to win, mm. uh, but uh, that encourages the underdog status. But it's going to be a fascinating game to see how that turns out. And it's yeah. great to see them, uh, you know, to see the both car- both uh, men's and women's yeah. comps on <clears> at the same date. I just hope the AFL can maybe adopt yeah. that idea. I yeah. Don't, I don't yeah, want to give the murderer too many ideas because as soon as I do, he'll kill it. He'll dead. kill it, yeah. Uh, what time's kickoff for that? 4 Five. I know it's very precise. I know weather may intrude, but uh, that's as it is. And can I come to events of last week in the Everest? Mm -hmm. And I think there's a big, uh, couple of big issues in the Everest fallout. And uh, <laughs> uh, as we know, it's a thing for younger people, the Everest, and, uh, you know, no FUDs, no OAPs, anything like that. That's right. The master trainer, Les Bridges, 82, mm-hmm. uh, obviously trained the winner, classic legend, uh, and uh, he now has done the lot. He's done the golden slip of the Melbourne Cup, the Doncaster. He's the longest service trainer on Metropolitan Track in Australia. Yeah. Bridge, who has uh, been in the same Ramwick stable for more than 50 years. Mm-hmm and this is criminal, has been overlooked for recognition when nominated in the past couple of years for the Hall of Fame status. Uh, What else has he got to do? Exactly. Uh, Now, he's won the Golden Slipper in the Melbourne Cup, as I mentioned, not in the Hall of Fame, and the Everest, again, has showed his skill or shown off his skill as obviously a horseman and trainer. Now, fellow trainers and owners and jockeys have written letters of support for Bridge to be inducted Mm -hmm. as the ATC, the Australian Turf Club, uh, you know, to the ACT. But uh, the panel is yet to do it, induct him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, this uh, correspondent says that the nine newspapers said he should happen next year. Right. Uh, the Hall of Fame became a political football in the years leading up to Racing Australia taking it over. Many horses and trainers and jockeys who should be recognised have not been. There needs to be a mass induction, according to this writer, and for, uh, to set the standard for the level needed to be alongside great names such as Farlap, Tommy Smith, George Moore and Banjo Patterson. 
One name uh, that isn't in the Hall of Fame, amazingly, is, wait for it, the man of feathers, Peter Volandis. Mm-hmm. And while his detractors uh, <laughs> think his confrontational st- his style is confrontational, there's no denying he's changed racing for the better in the last two decades. The sport <clears> is billions of dollars better off because the race field's fee battle he th- fought and won and the Everest, his brainchild, has cha- changed the focus of the spring. Yeah. Now, yeah. Couple of things is, you know. Do you think Les Bridge should be in the Hall of Fame? Of course he do. Of and, course he should be. You know, have you ever been approached? And do you? Yes, feel I have been. And what was the story? And I sp- I sp- they asked me whether he should be put in the Hall of Fame. Mm. I said yes, yes. He should have been put in the Hall of Fame years ago. And as to the name Slaven Common R R. Yes. Uh, what was there any uh, suggestion that you'd go in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I said <clears throat> no. I said, no, not until Les is in. Les is in. Once yeah. Les is in, I'm happy to join, join, the, join the club. August, but yeah. it's just not right. I haven't no. done as much as Les. No, fair enough. Fair I enough. haven't. No. No. <laughs> I mean, and, just, and that's a fact. It's unarguable. Yeah. Now, we come to the Everest, and the Everest is, a, is a, as I mentioned, for a race for the under 30s. Yeah. Now, there's no boomer allowed. There's no, no. as I mentioned before, you know, oldies, no wrinklies. No, it's disruptive, like isn't it's it? It's disruptive. Yeah. Now. Did we mention the fact that sooner or later the people who are mm. following the Everest, mm. the next generation will want something of their own? Well, of course they will. They'll want, let's say... Well, uh, they'll have their own Peter Vlandis. Someone, someone will come out, someone will and design so something. It'll know. be the equivalent, let's call it the Taylor Swift. Yes. The Swift for yeah. that age. And then, sure. of course, they might be the 20-year-old. That's right. Then you go down to the 14-year-old mm-hmm. and they get a race that yep. might be called... You know, let's just for you know, Call of Duty. If they're, it's if called they, renewal. Renewal. That's the word. And I there's mean. nothing like renewal. I mean, I love the balance between tradition and renewal. Yes. You know. Yes. Cox, tradition. tradition. Yeah. Everest, renewal. renewal. And what happens when we get to the under sevens? Mm. Uh, do they get their own race? Do they get a disruptive, you know, bite of the cherry, so to speak? And I know you'll endorse mm. me. You know, follow me in with this. Is yep. if we've got the kids by the age of seven, we got them for life. That's right. You do. And there would be no more attempt or need to have disruptive races because any race is... Well, well, that's right. Once you've got all all the kids, and you're absolutely right about that, HG. Like years ago, uh, we used to be given uh, uh, little piggy banks, you may Mm -hmm. recall. The Commonwealth Bank might have provided each child in Australia with a piggy bank to encourage them to save. And you just put your pennies or what have you in, in there and it was something to look forward to. Maybe around Christmas time you'd open it up and see how much you've got. And sometimes you might have saved in the whole year something like, you know, three shillings and sixpence. Yes, which translates to about well, You could $7. almost buy a car with that. Couldn't you? You could. Now, if you – nice for that. If, uh, and I've had some early discussions with uh, Peter Blanders about this – about providing each student in Australia with a little horse that you can slip money in. Wow. A sort of horse piggy bank, a horsey bank. A horsey bank. Yeah. So you get two things, HG. You you develop in children uh, a respect for money, an interest in banking, and an interest in horses. Hey. Job done. Job (laughs) done. 
It is. It is, isn't it? It is yeah. incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And the normalisation. I mean, that's the great thing about the Volantis vision. You've got vision. to normalise Normalise punting that, into life. Exactly. I love the idea that the numbers, I wasn't quite sure what they were trying to tell me, mm-hmm. up on the uh, Opera House sales. Yes. Uh, you know, obviously before the Everest last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is a yeah. great achievement though and I do, I do, you know, mm-hmm. really love the idea that schools will become, as you pointed out, in buses to whatever the next Everest is. Oh, yes. And because that'll be their race. Well, that's right. That's, that, that, that's right. I, I mean, we've got to open these things out, actually. You, you and I have been, you know, for how long have we been banging on about poker machines in school? Ah, oh, years, decades, decades. You know, but it's not far away. I get the idea it's very, very close I think now. it's close. Yeah. I think yeah. it's close. Uh, I mean, I, I've been trying to design a game based on a poker machine that can, you can use with your devices. Ah, yes. Um, yes. That you can't, uh, you know, the difficult at the moment is that someone can set up a firewall and stop kids playing it at school. I, 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 I want to break that down. I, I want kids getting involved, you know, ASAP. Mm. Now, who would... Who would, in this day and age, mm. put up a fireball? It must be Russian trolls who are trying to bugger our economy. Probably. Yeah, it wouldn't How surprise dare me. They? Yeah. I mean, that, that just is my head in. Yeah, And I, know. I wonder whoever's, you know, in charge of cybersecurity is screaming mm. yeah. because to get the kids involved at that early age with a device and, and the an delight app, and, and, and. on a child's face, actually, the first time mm. they crack a jackpot, you know, maybe they're in kindergarten or first class, that little look. I know. get incredible, and you know you've got him. <laughs> Matt Preston is eleven letters. Gary Megan is eleven letters. Bludging on is eleven letters. The Blind Side is eleven letters. Interested? So are we. Here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, uh, look, we were talking about. Um, you know, keeping the season going and your contribution to keeping the season going. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I've got to be honest here is, is I know you don't seek out, you know, commendations for what you do for rugby league or the AFL for that matter. Mm. Uh, but, you know, have you had any acknowledgement of your work apart from on this program? Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. I notice, uh, for instance... No, look, I think it's largely... Thankless, H.G., and that doesn't worry me. Yeah, no, I understand that. Because it's a public service. Yeah. You don't, I, I, I don't expect a Cartier watch. I don't. No. In fact, no. I'd be offended yeah. by that. Yeah. Uh, I, what gives me the greatest joy is seeing the players run out each week. Thinking, you beauty, another yeah, one done. another one done. Mm. Yeah. Now, so we come to, um, you know, the AFL again at the Gabba. And uh, the, a weird story came out uh, under the headline, Queensland Health Roasted Over AFL Social Distancing Blunder. And this was, uh, you know, obviously a story that ran for a while. In an attempt to cash in on the AFL grand final ho- hype, the uh, Queensland Health decided using footballs as a measuring stick. Now, you can see where this is going to go, go horribly wrong yeah. straight away. Unfortunately, they weren't even close with the uh, measurements. Uh, how do you visualise 1.5 metres, which is the amount yeah. of social distancing yeah. you have to have? Yeah. Today we're using three AFL balls. Well, when that's ca- not enough. Thanks. <laughs> right, right there and there. I know. But you, I mean, you're, you're t- ticketed in this area. Yeah, you work in yeah, this yeah, area. Yeah, 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 You've yeah, got yeah, it yeah. in your mind. You can <clears throat> literally tell how yeah. much 1.5 metres is yeah. when you see a group of people walking down the street. You can. 
Now, how do you, obviously, using three AFL balls. When it comes to social distancing, it doesn't matter what you visualise. What matters most is you're keeping the 1.5 distance from each other. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, uh, social media were quick to point out the measurements used by Queensland Health didn't even come close to measuring 1.5. A football is apparently 30 centimetres max in distance. So three would give you, at best, a metre. Yeah. I even find 30 centimetres a, a fairly Yes, yeah, generous, isn't it? Generous, yeah. yeah. I imagine they're booted out of shape a fair yeah. bit. Well, that gives you, uh, what, 90 centimetres. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. Not, not even a metre. No. So you need, what, five or six balls at Would, least. If you can't Where's get... Where's that health? I mean, didn't they send someone out to just grab a... Sharon and measure the bloody thing. You know, and they've done an incredible. You could job. Google it. You could you use yeah. any of your tools. Tools there. Digital yeah? tools. Yeah. Now, can I say that Queensland on the main Queensland Health have done an incredible job? Oh, they have. I mean, people are breaking in th- into the joint and all that sort of stuff over sure. the border, smuggled in. Sure. You know, yeah, there's probably a and lot a of few them. files have been trashed and yeah. you know things yeah, have gone missing. But but generally speaking, mm-hmm. they've been on the ball. What kind of AFL ball is half a meter long? Wrote uh, Carl Scott. Makes sense to get the measurement wrong since it's only sport that gives you a, a point for being close enough. Oh, very smart. Yeah. Uh, player's going to have sore legs tomorrow kicking a 50-centimetre ball around for a couple of hours. <laughs> now, we could uh, potentially forgive the blunder, especially if they were – well, obviously, uh, then it goes into a photographic reference, which doesn't help us on radio. No. Now, no. I'm just wondering if – Has Queensland Health apologised for giving out that what is largely false information and misleading information and potentially dangerous Information. Dangerous is the thing. You that know, worries people me. start getting round together with uh, three, three balls. Oh, oh, no. yeah, three yeah, ball distance here. Close. Yeah, yeah, less than a metre. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Now I'm, I understand there'll be a public announcement before the uh, game tomorrow. Right. A public, public apology. apology. Yes. And, and will certain civil servants be brought to book, brought out in the back of a truck? Look, I, Named and I, shamed? I don't know. Or if is that, that, that going to happen or not? I, I don't think that's going to happen. It, but it, photos, it's all well and good on the one hand to give someone a Cartier watch for doing a good job. On the other on hand. On the other hand. Your picture on the TV screen on the ground might be enough. Yeah, okay. And coming back to that, are you disappointed that some mechanism of social distancing didn't allow mm. people to be able to see the Granny in particular, you know, yeah. on live sites at various parts of Australia? Yeah. I mean, I thought that was such an obvious thing to do. I yeah. mean, even in Adelaide, Perth, you know, yeah. places like that, people would have, yeah. well, you know, the interest in See, Richmond the thing playing is, cats. Uh, you can, generally speaking, trust Australians to do the right That's thing. That's right. That's right, Roy. You can. You can. I think you can. Yes. Look how well, you know, it's only, mainly we've been torpedoed by blow-ins. Yeah. You know? Yes, Right. You know, I mean, the Ruby Princess, sure, that was a thing. Or, you know, people coming back from overseas and quarantining Mm. in poor poor circumstances. We seem to be torpedoed over that. Australians tend to do, as you point out, to do the right thing. thing. And they listen. And they listen, Mm. yes. Yeah. I mean, of course you're going to get the occasional idiot who says, you know, we don't need to wear masks. It's my my right. Yeah, my human right. It's my right to cough on you. Yeah, that's. Well, is it? Fair enough, is, it? is it? Now, I want to go back to a story you broke some time ago and yep. it concerned uh, Gary Ablett Sr., yep. who I think was promising the end of the world. Oh, yes, that the, it was rapture. due to happen a few weeks ago from memory. Yes, now. Sadly, well, sadly, well, it's got nothing to do with it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Now, yeah, as he revived his 
timeline? Yeah, projections. <laughs> I don't know. The one thing I was just wondering is you don't see any connection with this mm. event, uh, you know, at the Gabba and the uh, end of the what world. What rapture could happen at the mm. opening bounce? Well, I hadn't thought That'd of that. That would be disappointing. Uh, it, <laughs> wouldn't it? Finally, <laughs> we get the <laughs> up. Brisbane, yep. and now we're all gone. Yeah. Now, now, what I was thinking of is sometime, uh, you know, obviously the cats and mm. Gary, and what a fair t- fairy tale it is for Gary Ablett Jr. Oh, it know. is. And are you, could it you say is. this is the biggest fairy tale we've ever had in football? I mean, well, there, there are, are two fairy tales. There are parallel yeah, fairy tales happening this weekend. Sam Smith and Gary Ablett. Yes. Yeah. And I suspect they're both going to go out winners because the power of the fairy tale is not to be underestimated. Yeah. What I'm worried about, though, is that. Uh, even bigger fairy tale, mm. literally, is the end of times. Oh, yes. Now, are you yes. seeing something connected with the dominoes lining up so maybe Monday or Tuesday we're all off? Oh. Now, I raised this. Right. I raised this. Go, Why Monday or Tuesday? What, 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 what information have you received and where'd you get it? No, I made that up. Is this just an instinct? Just, <laughs> just gut instinct. feel? Gut <laughs> feel. I know, basically made that up. Right. Meaning that we get the footy out of the road, everything's yeah. done and done. And then we're all ready for rapture. Is that what you mean? <laughs> Bags packed. <laughs> okay. Now, right. I wanted to introduce a biblical topic and I defer mm. to you as our religious correspondent on the panel. Yeah. And it refers to Steve Crichton, who's going to be playing tomorrow night. Good. For the Panthers. Right. The young centre who's on the verge of call-up to Brady Fittler's. Is he? Mm. Has he, has he met Bruce the dog? I suppose he has. He would have. I think he might have owned Bruce the dog. Oh, really? And sold it to Freddie. Right. Let's face it, Freddie started his career out there, didn't he? He that did. Freddie, Fiddle oh, yeah. out Penrith. Yeah, you forget that, don't yeah. you? Very close, very close to the Penrith people. Mm-hmm. And um, was um, he was handed a reality check way back in June when his opposite number, Wacker Blake, Penrith pl- uh, sorry, Parramatta player, mm-hmm. led a second half blitz uh, describing the paper here, in Parramatta's win at Bankwest Stadium, mm. it left such a mark on Crichton yep. that he asked to have a verse from the Bible written on his mouth guard. Gee, it must have been a small, or unless he's got a huge mouth guard. Has he got a big mouth? Oh, he had, can't say he measured no, his mouth, but okay. anyway, I think what happens what is... What a proverb, something like that, was it HG or something? No, what it was, was I'll get to that in a minute, yeah. but what I'm thinking is that the actual numbers... Not the actual length, the, oh. you know, not the detailing. Okay, in, just the reference point. Good on you, reference point. Okay. That's what I'm looking like for. Like Corinthians 3. L, well seven, done, seven. well done. Okay, so now he's there. He's got his mouth guard. Uh, Penrith have won 17 games straight since, um, you know, since the Since he's put that mouth guard in. Yeah. This Whoa. is their, obviously, first final t- 2003. Yeah. Now, Psalm 118.6 says, I will not fear for the Lord is with me. What can man do to me? Now, I shall not fear. The Lord is with me. What can man do to me? Well done. Well done. Now. Well, they're very fine words for a centre three quarter to have in his mind. Now, would Grass approve of this? Well, of course coach? he would. Yeah. Nothing and, wrong with that at all. And what other verses? Anything can... that improves your yeah, football. Yeah, I know. Oh, of course. Of course. You know, all roads lead to Rome. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't realise that was <laughs> biblical. <laughs> uh, can you think of, this is a bit hard, mm. other, you know, I thought he might go for the 23rd Psalm, which is obviously about the valley of death and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yes. Being rugby league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
He might. Right. I don't know. But I, I, I question the – normally the players name. have these things tatted know, on them t- or, yeah, yeah, or, or on a, a guard around the arm or something like that. That's right. I've never heard of it on a mouth guard. It's a brilliant idea. How it do is. you do it? Where do you go to to get this sort of stuff done? Well, that's Say the, there are a lot of people out here with mouth guards and you know, most people have got a mouth guard somewhere at home. And you think to yourself, well, how am I going to get this engraved? What? Do you just go to those people that, you know – Do tats. Well, you know, shopping centres, you might oh, be able to get your keys cut and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be a good place to start. That's where you'd go. But aren't they, they're moulded plastic, a mouth guard. If yeah, that's they're moulded right plastic thing. because you still carve something in it or is he carved it in himself with, say, a Stanley knife or something like that. Now you're talking. <laughs> carve something with a Stanley knife. Now, can I point out that even bigger story than this, towering over the, the yeah. hand upstairs and rapture and all that, Yeah. Josh Mansour, the uh, Penrith winger. Yeah. We'll walk An out unsung on, hero in my view. Unsung that hero, that's right. Real journeyman. Terrific player. Yeah, great player. He always okay. puts in. He doesn't need anything on his mouth guard. He was born with it, whatever it is. Yeah, in there. Now, wait for a minute. Uh, he's going to walk out onto ONZ Stadium Sunday night, NRL Grand Final, knowing there's a chance it may be the last thing he ever does. What he's been given a difficult prognosis, has he? He has. The longest, long-serving Panthers winger has revealed the stunning details of a horrific facial injury he suffered in 2018, mm. including a stern warning from surgeon Dr. Malcolm Little. Yeah. Malcolm Little? Uh, that rugby league could cost him his life. Now, how about this one build-up? Imagine kids tuning in. Oh. Which one's Josh? Which one? Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, which one's got the mouth guard yeah. first up and then which What, you mean job? kids will be putting bets on, that sort of thing? <laughs> I assume so. Is that what you're assuming? He wasn't confident for me to play again. He kept stressing to me that if I copped another knock to the face, it was a matter of life and death, that if I cop a bad enough knock, I could die. Little, of course, has seen, as you have, Roy, plenty of facial injuries throughout his career, but five broken bones Mansell sustained from the knee of Gold Coast winger Anthony Don at the Panthers Stadium on April 15th, two years ago, ranked as one of the worst he's ever seen. The scans painted a frightening frightening picture. Yes, yeah. Well, Little would have seen a few. Oh, Little, he's seen tons. Yeah. You know, he's your go-to man if you've got a busted face. Oh, yeah. Little freaked out about how much bone was shattered, Mansell said. He couldn't believe the force that went through my face. He said he, he'd he seen people in his whole career, never he, he'd seen 12 people in his whole career as bad as me. People had similar injury for, and this is what I want to get mm. to comment on, mm. uh, to me were either in car accident victims or army soldiers injured by bomb blasts. Wow. And that gives you an idea of how tough rugby league players are. Yeah. Because as we often say, it is war. Yeah. Yeah, I you agree know, with you. People yes. laugh at us when we bang on and on about Anzacs and the Anzac yep. tradition yep. and what yep. it means to yep. play rugby league yep. and, yep. you know, how you're in trenches out there. And yeah. But imagine that. Well, Cleary can use that. This is Coach Cleary, not not uh, halfback Cleary. Mm-hmm. Can't he, by pointing to Josh and saying, this bloke's a hero. Look what he's doing. Look what he how he's putting in. Look at the commitment coming from Josh Mansour and look at yourself. Mm. And then go to the bomb blast. Then go to the bomb blast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Josh has been through a bomb blast. That's what we've got here to hear that's, with the purple that's right. that's, that's right. Josh doesn't need to go to some, you know, somewhere where he can get your keys cut and have something cut that into his bloody mouth, mouth guard. He no. doesn't need any of that nonsense. Do you? <laughs> He's just got ticker. The murderer knows people. People like Scott Cam, Shotgun McKenzie, Peter Evans and Max Verstappen. Join the dots, Australia. 
This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Yes, look, everyone that plays, this is uh, again from Josh Mansour, everyone that plays knows the risk. Anything can happen on any given day. You just don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. That is true. I mean, you yep. know, a stray boot. Yeah. And, um, you know, somebody like mm. Lynch dropping the knee into your head. That's right. For the Richmond Tigers. Yeah. I mean, that, that's his go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not to mention what uh, the storm... Wrestlers might be oh, the wrestling, up. the wrestling pack. They'll, they'll bring something to the yeah, table tomorrow night. Yeah, tag team. Yeah. Yeah, something yeah. like that. You yeah. four or five in the tackle. Yeah. Something like that. They'll, they'll have cooked up something. You know, one bloke will just be a head specialist. You know. Then one will have the bomb. One will have the bomb. One, one, one will be attacking the knees. The other one will be going for the scrotum. We know what they're up to. Now, it's not my position to tell him he should stop. This is the doc talking. You could die in a car crash. I worry about that every time I take the kids in the car. But you, can you really live your life scared yeah. and not play rugby league? He wants to, he's living the dream. Yeah. And everything you do, there's a risk. Yeah. If you're scared, you'll never live life to the fullest. Now, the dangers were real. A man saw had to wait two weeks for the swelling to go down before he could undergo surgery. Yes. There's also a possibility that he could lose his eyesight, given how delicate the surgery to repair the damage was expected to be. Right. It's why the memory of waking up from the seven-hour operation, which left him three plates and 18 screws in his face, will be ever forever etched into his memory. Right. I remember when I woke up, my eyes were completely shut and I didn't know if I could see. Yeah. I lifted my eyelid with my fingers and the first people I saw were his missus and his daughter. Yep. It's a picture of memory in my head and I'll never forget it. I get emotional thinking about it. Isn't that a beautiful story? I know. Isn't that a beautiful that, that's story? That's pure rugby league. That it is. A, the guy who could lose his life mm-hmm. in the next tackle. That's right. That's right, but he's out there doing it. Playing for the Because he loves rugby league. Now, yeah. uh, did but, Little do the job, HG? Was Little Yeah, I'm pretty sure Little had a go at it. Right. Uh, did Little have mates or was it a... Seven hours seems a hell of a long time. Did he do it in the backyard or something or was it, was it a hospital? I'd say it was fairly sterile, but uh, his backyard's, you know, you could eat your dinner off. <laughs> There's nothing to miss there. Sure, now, sure, sure, sure. can I just begin another story, which mm. I don't know that we'll have time to unpack completely. It's got yep. to do with where the Penrith Panthers were at the start of the season last year. You may mm. remember a big kerfuffle. I think they'd uh, the build-up was they'd fired Cleary once, the coach. That's and right. Spent a lot of money, yeah. uh, you know, getting another coach who wasn't very good. Very and got good. They'd fired get him. Yeah. And then Gould got involved. Yeah. And they got – I think they snaffled Cleary from the Tigers to they come did. back and do that. And, you know, people hated them. They did. People hated the administration. They hated yeah. the Penrith. So yeah. much so that their uh, – I think their uh, CEO is Brian Fletcher. Yeah. He had to organise – to arm guards mm-hmm. to escort mm-hmm. the coaching staff from the ground to their cars. Wow. Were they going to be torn apart by the crowd, actually? By the crowd. Such was the hatred. Whoa. Now, this is a rugby league redemption story we're talking about Isn't here. Isn't it ever? It's just big. Tomorrow yeah, night. Because they've turned that right around. I know. Turned it right around. They're loved now. They're they faded would by be everyone. carried. Yeah, carried. They'd yeah. be carried mm. back to the clubhouse, wouldn't they? They would. These days. They would. See, that's that's... Now, do you feel that, as though that's something the Broncos got to think about? Think about, yeah. That if you start winning, it changes the culture of the club. I know. Take a while for that message to you get know? through. Now, do you think um, uh, that sort of atmosphere? You know, we got a Sydney team, mm. Melbourne team. Yeah, is a bit missing in the AFL because there's two Melbourne teams a long way from home playing. Yeah, yeah. And so, it becomes, well, it makes it a novelty, isn't it? I a mean, novelty. It, 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 
there, there are so many factors in the air about tomorrow night. There's the weather, there's the thunderstorms, there's the handling issues, mm-hmm. there's playing at night for the first time. Mm-hmm. All of these things, HG, makes it very difficult to predict what might have, what, what effect it's going to have yeah. on each of the teams. Yeah, and the turf. Remember that slab and, of and turf. And that slab of turf. What yeah. effect is that going to have yeah. on the team? And that, for a lot of players, that's going to be the most meaningful thing out there. McLaughlin Gate. No one is talking about it, and yet we all know the crimes. Any tips? Any clues? Any ideas? Bludging on the blind side is all ears. And of course, the uh, pre-match entertainment. Uh, uh, well, throughout the whole game. I mean, as Roy pointed out last week, why would anybody go to this event and watch the footy? You've got mm-hmm. Shepherd at halftime. You've got the DMA's Cubs. Uh, Cub Sport, yeah. uh, uh, Brizzy uh, Independent, uh, Artis, yeah, Andrew Stockdale from Wolf Mother, Mike Brady there doing what he does best, Electric Fields with Thelma Plum, uh, Busby Maru, Queensland Symphony Orchestra, Whoa. and uh, the uh, Tribal Experiences welcome, doing the Welcome to Country. Now, well, that's all brilliant. Yeah. Now, that's all I, brilliant. I just hope thunderstorms don't yeah, interfere. Know, interrupt. Yeah, that's true. Because you true. won't get the Sydney Symphony Orchestra out there not if there are thunderstorms about. Some of their instruments are worth a fortune, actually. Queensland Symphony Orchestra. Queensland Symphony yeah. Orchestra. Sorry. I think the Sydney Symphony Orchestra could be going. Oh, as well. they might like, go as well. But the Queensland Symphony Orchestra, they're very professional. We know yeah. them very well. And yeah. Some of them are our mates. Yeah. But but they very will expensive. not be taking their instruments out into the middle. They won't. No, that's true. They that's won't. True. Um, now, someone is suggesting, HG, that uh, someone's anticipating that Cameron Smith will try and throw another hand grenade at Mansour's face tomorrow night. Oh, that's a bit unfair, isn't it? That's very unfair. You know, I mean, mm. if these things, you know... I mean, someone be... else is suggesting surely a merciful Lord would allow Mad Monday to go ahead before pulling the pin with Rapture. <laughs> I think that's, that's right. That's true. I think that's true. I think you're absolutely right in that regard. Mm. Um, I did see a lovely story. I don't know if I can put my hand on it quickly enough, uh, concerning the last time Penrith won, mm. they got into trouble by hijacking a bus on Mad Monday. Oh, that's right. Uh, they did too. It was a lovely story. Lovely story. Yeah, they... Uh, it was a government bus, wasn't it? Just well, it was a, just, you know... Just a bus doing its normal rounds. New South Wales transport bus. Yeah. Which they hijacked and... Uh, well, they went out on the road and sort of bailed it up and made it stop and then yeah. all clambered aboard. Clambered aboard and, and uh, tied up the bus driver, didn't they? And then who did the driving? I've forgotten. Yeah, no, I'll have to get the details for that. But let's take a short break and we'll be back with more bludging on the blind side in a moment. The most decent people on earth? Australians. The fittest people on earth? Australians. The fittest, most decent Australians? The AFL community. Celebrated each week here on The Bludge. Terps, Metho, Bleach and Hand Sanitizer in equal parts. Try it. What have you got to lose? This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, 2003, uh, Scotty Sattler. That's it. Yeah, 2003 Premiership winner with the Panthers told, uh, you know, obviously Badge Belcher of all people who would have won the flag with the Canberra Raiders a long time ago. I suppose he would have done, yes. Of about a bizarre incident uh, in which 22, you know, enumerated players hijacked a bus to take him to the Penrith Fan Day. 
uh, fan day being a traditional mm. gathering of the tribe afterwards, yeah. you know, yeah. introducing the uh, you know the players. It was at the Pioneer Hotel Penrith. Mm -hmm. We had to get to the fan day in Penrith where all the uh, fans were turning up. Yes. We realised we had to get there and no one knew how to get there. No one had a mobile phone on them mm -hmm. and they didn't have time to call a cab. Yep. So we ran out in the northern road yes. and we hailed down a bus and the guy stopped. He was on his route, obviously, yeah. and we said we had to get to Penrith Stadium. The bus driver who picked up 20 strong blokes who'd been drinking for two days ended up having no choice in the matter, as you say, tied yeah, up. That's right. The guy said, it's not on my route. Come on, mate, we don't care. We've just got to get to the Penrith Stadium, said Sats. Yeah. That's younger Sats. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, other people are on the bus and he said, I, I, I can't do it. It's not on my route. I'll get into trouble. We pleaded with him again saying, come on, we just won the premiership, mm -hmm. 2003. Yeah. Now, uh, we didn't bribe him, but we forced him once we tied him up. Trent Waterhouse may have played a part in the man handling the bus driver. I think Trent took over at the wheel. Good. Um, well, you trust Trent Waterhouse. You do, with the bus. With the so bus. we drove to Penrith Stadium, we got out of the bus, and we got over to the fan day in time. The passengers on the bus loved it. They would have done Well, they're Penrith people after yeah, all. Yeah. Of course they don't mind yeah. rugby league players commandeering the bus. Yeah. While the 2020 Panthers may struggle to achieve the same level of celebration in Sydney's COVID restrictions, there's no doubt there's a lot to live up to, yeah. a lot to think about if they break their 17-year premiership drought. Now, one well, of the things well, about oh, this... that's fantastic. One of the things about yeah. this was, uh, you know, Trenty stopped at all the stops and people got on and off the bus yeah. as if I was part of the normal Yeah, it just looked like a normal bus. Yeah. Uh, people weren't to know. And people got a real shock when they got on the bus and there's suddenly the Penrith Panthers I know, all well, there. You would be. You know, with with young Sats and uh, great cover tackle, Sats. Oh, Remember that no, cover tackle? Yeah, that, no, sat, they, that, they that was beautiful, mate. Yeah. That was beautiful. Who's driving the bus? Who's driving the bus? <laughs> Trent Waterhouse. Trent Waterhouse! How to build a healthy community? Form a club. Build a clubhouse. Win matches. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. It's been another great year. It uh, has, hasn't uh, it? And again, thanks very much to everybody who's participated in yes. the show. And yep. the contributions have been outstanding. Yep. And uh, maybe just a few thoughts on, uh, you know, selections that you have for the matches coming up this weekend, apart from postponement. Yeah. Look, uh, sentimentally, I'd like to see Gary Ablett Jr. win. I think I'm with you on that. Um, we, we had a terrific afternoon with Gary Ablett Jr. He, uh, you he recall? Got, he, he's got a face on a stamp. He and has. I think we helped him. We helped him launch that. Yeah, that's and right. That terrific, was terrific. Terrific bloke. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. terrific bloke. Yeah. Uh, and I, I personally speaking, and I know this will get up the no noses of a lot of people, it wouldn't hurt, I don't think, for us to bury, for, you know, people north of the Murray to bury the hatchet with Cam. Oh, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's something brewing here. There's something And I think here. your call for respect. Respect and forgiveness. Is going over very charity, well. Charity, hopefulness kindness. And imagine, as uh, Dom pointed out, once yeah. he gets into the refereeing ranks, uh, you know, there'll be, you know, a lot uh, a lot more accurate decisions yeah, made exactly. on the rugby league field. I, I and finally, of course, in the women's NRL tomorrow yep. night as well, have you got a thought Broncos. There? Yes. There's something for the people of Queensland yep. who have done so much they for have. sport they have. over the past year. Yep. Well, that's it for Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, thanks very much once again, and hopefully we'll see you next year. Same place, same time. Bye now. listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.